what is the PSLF program? The Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program was created to attract high-quality individuals into government and public service sectors. So what the program did was forgive student loans after 10 years of qualified payments. Now, it's not 10 years of payments. It's 10 years of qualified payments. Welcome to the M-Advisor podcast. I'm Paul Morton. The M-Advisor podcast is a financial podcast for busy professionals to get insights into the emotional side of finances. Understanding what to do with your finances is important, but it's also equally important to understand why. The M-Advisor podcast exists to help you get a clear vision about your money, what steps you should consider, and why you should consider them. Everyone is different, and we should celebrate that. Every financial plan should be different, too. Music is used with permission from Forum. Please find the band Forum on Spotify. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendation or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member of FINRA, SIPC. Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the M-Advisor podcast. I'm Paul Morton. The M-Advisor podcast comes out every payday, the 15th and 30th of each month. Today, we are discussing PSLF, the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. What we'll discuss today is, one, what is PSLF? Two, how to apply and get into the PSLF program. And then three, how to maintain the PSLF program status. The PSLF program was created in 2007. And as such, it seems to have been a program that was created without a full understanding of what it was and how it worked. When it first started, individuals would apply to the PSLF program And there was an automatic verification form that basically said your application was accepted. But there was no certainty of whether or not your status in the PSLF program was official. So as such, there was significant bad press in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 when individuals had assumed they were in the PSLF program and they had letters showing that their application was accepted, yet their loans were not forgiven. Let's back up for a second. What is the PSLF program? The Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program was created to attract high-quality individuals into government and public service sectors. So what the program did was forgive student loans after 10 years of qualified payments. Now, it's not 10 years of payments. It's 10 years of qualified payments. When the PSLF program was originally created, it was 10 years of consecutive qualified payments. So how the PSLF program works is you apply for public service loan forgiveness after 
you are in the repayment phase of your student loans, meaning you are no longer in school. PSLF program was designed to allow the individuals who are working for government and public service sectors and entities to pay on student loans and make 120 qualified payments. That's 10 years of payments. And then whatever's left over after that time, the remaining balances of the loans would be forgiven. Now, there was significant outrage when loans weren't forgiven because the terms of the PSLF program weren't accurately communicated and they weren't able to keep and show as good of record keeping as they do now. So how do you apply for PSLF? Well, in order to apply for PSLF, you have to have what's called a federal direct consolidation loan. So what you do is you log in to studentaid.gov and you create an account if you don't already have one, and you can import all of the loans you have from your current loan servicer. For example, if your loan servicer is Great Lakes, then the studentaid.gov website will be able to look at the Great Lakes loans that you have for consolidation purposes. Once the loans are consolidated in the federal direct consolidation loan, then they are eligible for the public service loan forgiveness status. In the old days, your PSLF payments, the 120 payments that you needed to make in order for the loans to be forgiven, you had to apply and be accepted in order for those 120 payments even begun. That rule was changed. So now, even if you haven't applied for PSLF, the prior payments that you've made can still count for the 120 payments for the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. When PSLF first begun, there were only a certain number of loans that were accepted into PSLF. So somebody might apply for PSLF in the quote-unquote olden days. Only certain government loans would be allowed to be put into the PSLF program. Now, one short and small window that the government has allowed to open up now until the end of October 2022, so October 31, 2022, you have until then, if you have an older loan that would not qualify otherwise, can qualify to be consolidated into a federal direct consolidation loan. And then a federal direct consolidation loan can then be applied for PSLF. So once you have the federal direct consolidation loan, then you can go, and I just go to Google, just Google PSLF application. 
and one of the first things that pops up is a PDF. And just the first two pages are the pages that need to be filled out and completed. So the first page is just identifiers of all about you, your name, address, social, birth date, etc., so that they can put you and your loans together. The second page is to verify and audit your employment history to make sure the employers that you have worked for during your repayment time qualify for either the government or public service sectors. On page two of that PSLF application, you will need to fill out one of those pages for each employer that you've had. So page one, you fill out just one time. And then page two, you will fill out as many of those page twos for each employer that you've had. So if you've had six employers over the last few years, when you first start to apply for PSLF, then you will need six page twos. You will only need one page one. And obtaining the page twos are the hardest part. So you download the application, fill out page one, fill out a bunch of page twos, but the page twos will require a signature from an authorized person at that employer. So if you still have contacts at your former employer, you can use those. If not, and if the former employer has an HR department, you can contact the HR department and ask them where to send a public service loan forgiveness form for authorized signature, and they should be able to tell you. And then the rest of that PSLF application has information on where to send the PSLF application, or you should just be able to upload it at the studentaid.gov website as well. Once you apply for public service loan forgiveness, when you log into your new servicer after you consolidate to the federal direct consolidation loan, and the servicer for that will be FedLoan, once you log in, it should notate that you are entered into the PSLF program, and then it should show you how many past payments you've made. And the payments are qualified payments that count toward this program. Typically, the qualified payments are payments that change or are variable based on your income. So those include the pay-as-you-earn payment option, the revised pay-as-you-earn, income-based repayment, and income-contingent repayment. And there may be others available. Once you are entered into the public service loan forgiveness program, you'll see how many past qualified payments you've made and how many more you need in order to receive the loan forgiveness. Let me say this as well. If you have refinanced your student loans to a private company, such as some popular ones are SoFi or Earnest or Laurel Road, you no longer qualify for the public service loan forgiveness program. I get questions about that quite a bit. Can we take the private loans and consolidate them into the federal direct loan? And you cannot. So once you submit the PSLF application, it will take 
quite a bit of time, typically months, before you hear back from the PSLF program verifying whether you are or are not in the program. But once you are in the program, you are encouraged to do this on an annual basis to resubmit the PSLF application each year. And I I say at least do it every other year if you don't do it each year. So there's a little bit of maintenance that needs to occur on an ongoing basis If you are just starting out, then you may submit the PSLF application as many as 10 times, one for each year. If you do it every other year, of course, that's five times. If you change employers, you will need to submit new PSLF applications for your new employer. Now, what employers are eligible for the PSLF public service loan forgiveness consideration? Well, most hospitals are going to be eligible. And so physicians employed at a hospital or at a hospital system, or you work at a practice that is owned by a hospital system, you will most likely qualify for a PSLF. What I would suggest, if you are not sure if your employer qualifies for a PSLF, go ahead and send in that page two with the employer information. Let the PSLF team decide whether or not it qualifies. So if you work for a private practice type of hospital, it most likely qualifies. But if you have questions, I would just encourage you to go ahead and apply anyway. And now the qualified payments of the 120 payments, they no longer need to be consecutive. So after 10 years of payments, of aggregate payments, not necessarily consecutive payments, after those 120 payments, then whatever's left over in the loan is potentially forgiven. Now, where's the catch? If you are in residency and or fellowship right after medical school, I would encourage you to get in the PSLF program as soon as you can. Because while you're in residency and fellowship, the payments that you're making on your student loans count toward the PSLF 120 payments. Your income is suppressed, at least juxtaposed next to the income that you will most likely have once residency and fellowship is completed. So you will have anywhere from three to six or seven years of lower income for that income-based repayment plan. That lower income will increase the amount of loans that are ultimately forgiven because you will pay less on your loans based on your income. Now, if you have a higher income just immediately for some reason and you are paying the maximum with the income-based repayment plan, you will most likely pay your loans off in 10 years anyway if you're paying the maximum. So that's, that's really where that catch is. If you make too much money By the time you apply and get accepted and all of your payments are in, meaning you don't have past payments in a lower income. And so if you are making, you know, let's say five or six hundred thousand dollars and you have a three hundred thousand dollar student loan burden, most likely that three hundred thousand dollar student loan burden will get paid either 
all or most of it in those 10 years if you are on one of those variable repayment plans, the uh, pay-as-you-earn, revised pay-as-you-earn, income-based repayment, or income-contingent repayment plans. Because as your income goes up, you have to submit tax returns year after year to determine what what the new payment will be. And as your income goes up, your payments also go up. The maximum payment that is typically assessed would equal that of a 10-year repayment plan. So if you're making too much money, you can apply for the PSLF, but it may not do as much for you as you had hoped. If you were in residency and fellowship and you applied for deferment or forbearance, those months in which you were in deferment and or forbearance did not count toward your PSLF payments. However, just recently, within the last few months, the government has announced that those deferment and forbearance time periods may count toward your PSLF progress. So if you were in deferment for, let's say, three years, which is the maximum you can defer your government loans, that would be 36 months of deferment that could potentially be included in your PSLF forgiveness journey. Now, it's important to recertify your PSLF and include those employers, even if you had declared forbearance in those loans or deferment in those loans. Every year, send in that updated and revised PSLF applications. The government is seemingly making more and more positive changes to the PSLF program. One question that I have is, can we trust these changes? Because when it first came out, it was very rigid, and it seemed like the rejection stamp was a commonality. But I think what is being seen with student loans and millennials is that millennials are not getting involved in the economy as much as other generations had because they had graduated college during the 2008 recession and there were little jobs available. And for many millennials, that was their first introduction to the workplace. On top of that, the jobs they were getting were paying less than jobs in the past and With student loan payments immediately due and with student loans not even being able to be forgiven with bankruptcies, millennials were having a hard time spending money and putting money into the economy. I sense Congress thinking that the lack of an entire generation stepping up and fueling the economy could create a potential dip in the future. Forgiving student loans and taking away that student loan payment is a potentially cheap way of fueling the future economy so that millennials who no longer have, and even younger generations, who no longer have these student loans can re-participate and be reintroduced into more and more economic activity. So that is an introduction into the PSLF program, how to apply for PSLF, and then how to maintain the PSLF status on the M-Advisor website, m-advisor.com. You can find more content, including there was an, an article about how to apply for the PSLF program. 
and goes into detail in how to apply and maintain your status. And so you can find more content just like this on m-advisor.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Paul Morton. This is the M-Advisor Podcast.